Hello and welcome to this week's Football Digest Extra Time. I'm Joe Chapman. I'm the West Brom reporter for the Birmingham Mail. And I'm joined this morning by the Chronicle's chief Newcastle writer, Lee Ryder, to reflect on the weekend's big battle at the bottom of the Premier League. The Baggies and the Magpies played out a goalless draw at the Hawthorns, but with fellow strugglers full on picking up a shock win at Liverpool later in the day, it wasn't the best result for either team, was it, Lee? No, you're right, Joe. I think... Um... Actually, when I left the ground, you know, it, it actually felt like, OK, it wasn't the best result, but it was a decent point. By the time I got back to my car and heard that Fulham were winning and then obviously driving up the road, listening to the radio and Liverpool losing to Fulham, it, it actually was a bad result for both teams. And, you know, now, you know, I'm looking at that. I'm looking at the sort of mess with the scrap at the bottom. And for me, it's going to take something spectacular for West Brom. To, to, to get above that relegation, you know, line. And then after that, it's, you know, bright between Brighton, Fulham and Newcastle and Fulham are the ones who are looking strong at the minute. Yeah, it was a mischance for Albion without doubt. I mean, going to that game, we knew that having played against Everton in the week, it was going to be a, a particularly challenging ask for the players because of energy levels they expended on the, on the Thursday. And then to play pretty much the biggest game of the season up until then, that point um, on, you know, kind of, Half a tank was was a big big ask. It was kind of the game the way it panned out early doors. I thought Newcastle started the better. It was a it was a kind of game that we expected, wasn't it? It was going to be KG and Bruce versus Allardyce. They weren't going to give anything away. No, I think it, the game got to a stage where you know it was almost like you know you don't hurt us and we we won't hurt you kind of thing. And yeah, but for all that, I think Newcastle did the did the best to lose it. You know, there was a couple of balls that flashed across the face of goal. You know that the last quarter of the game, and and I thought you know West Brom could pinch it here, and I, I actually thought you know where I was sat in the in the press box, I was I was right to the far side, and I thought well at least I'm going to get a good view of Newcastle attacking here in the second half, and they barely got anywhere near the goal. It was all down the other end, and um, it was yeah it was worrying from Newcastle's point of view that you know they had some good openings in the first half, no doubt about that, but clear cut chances in either half. There wasn't anything. Anything major, um, Keown Clark heading over, but apart from that, there wasn't much to to hang your hat on. We are live this morning on on the Albion page and the Newcastle page as well for for respective newspapers. So please, Albion fans, Newcastle fans, feel free to get into the comments and ask us any questions if you'd like to do so. Um, Lee, I suppose it, staying with Newcastle on the back of the week they've had. I know you'll look at West Brom as a team. Let's go and beat West Brom. We'll get ourselves really pull away from danger. But bearing in mind the week they've had and the kind of the, the public upheaval, is that still a positive result? And Bruce seemed fairly chirpy after the game. Yeah, I mean, if you you know if you look at some of the reports, it looked, you know it looked like a, a total farce behind the scenes. Um, and yeah, look, there was there was crosswords said between the two. They did have an argument. There's no doubt about it. Uh, no one's no one's saying they didn't, but basically, these things do happen on on training grounds. Uh, I've covered Newcastle for a long time now, you know, well over ten years, and I've been a supporter my whole life. And there's always spats at training grounds because uh, it's, that's just just the nature of the game. And yeah, it shouldn't have happened. Bruce shouldn't have called Matt Ritchie out on li- live on TV. And Matt Ritchie, the, the way he did, uh, Steve Bruce should have reacted quicker. So there's there's things they need to improve behind the scenes. But I, I think 
honestly, once once Wednesday was gone last week, internally, uh, that was behind them. And and anyone who knows Matt Ritchie knows that any conversation you're going to have with him, it probably does feel like a spat because he's that driven, he's that passionate, and you know that's a good thing. And you want to you want to see that from your players. So I think there's there's some negatives, um, but Newcastle they usually are in the, in the headlines for the wrong reasons. So. Uh, you know, they've got to put it behind them and, and try and get the points they need now. It was an interesting game, I thought, in, in the way that not so much they approached it, but you've got two managers are very, very experienced. I mean, the amount of matches they must have managed at that level between them, it must be a, a, a big, big number. Allardyce yeah. has got a certain kind of level of player to work with at the moment. I know Bruce can point to his, his, uh, his injured players, but it, it feels like at the moment that there was that still that kind of nous in terms of uh, the way that the game was managed in the second half when West Brom did come on stronger a little bit uh, just felt like a little bit of inexperience a bit of Premier League naivety shown at times where I thought at Newcastle defensively Lascelles was very very solid Clark you know what you're going to get with him kind of thing um, and Albion's attackers just lacked a little bit I thought really uh, you know in terms of the front three but the midfield had lots and lots of energy. And I thought, to be honest with you, they got the better of Shelby and Hayden for for the good part of it. Uh, Gallagher was was very, very good. I thought, again, I don't know where on earth he gets his energy from because he did exactly the same on Thursday. Uh, just in a, a question from Ashley, who's asked him about, about Pereira, there seems to be a real concern with Mateus Pereira at the minute because he had a, a very, very good turn of the year, having been dropped by Allardyce over Christmas and kind of proved his point. He scored a couple of goals at Wolves, scored uh, against Fulham uh, and scored against West Ham, scored a lovely goal against West Ham. And it just seems to be not really coming off for him at the minute. I think that's because largely playing a, a 4-3-3, he's a very, very much a number 10, as Ashley points out. Um, well, we haven't got the players. That That's kind of come back to my original point is that we haven't really got the players to accommodate all the time our best players because we've got such little Premier League experience. Um so Newcastle, I mean, where, where do you go from here looking forward? You've got a very, very big game again next weekend. Another significant game for, for Steve Bruce. Yeah, Aston Villa next uh, at St. James Park on Friday night. And I suppose the, the advantage of it is, is that, you know, they can psychologically, they can they can put a, a, the gap uh, between the, the, them and Brighton and Fulham, which would, going into, you know, the weekend, it would put the pressure on on the two below them. And, you know, if they can, if they can do that, I think uh, Fulham have got Man City next up. So you're just hoping that Newcastle can, you know, put a couple of wins together. Now they haven't done that for such a long time, and Steve Bruce keeps keeps reminding us how a league works by saying it's about the accumulation of points. Yeah, we know that, but Newcastle haven't managed to put two or three wins together for for such a long time. And had it not been for their, what you would say solid but unspectacular form at the start of the season then you know they could be where West Brom or Sheffield United are at the moment and that's that's got to be the danger for all that I still think that you know West Brom under Sam could put two wins together and then that would just change the change the complexion of it all together yeah the the, the, the really frustrating thing that I think may still even now come back to Hortham is the goal difference is, is so woeful that they, they took a hiding from most teams um, under Slavin and under Sam. Uh, you know, go back to the end of 2020 where they were being beaten 5 0 by Leeds and 5 1 by Palace. Uh, they were beaten 4 0 by, by Arsenal. And 
I think eventually they've kind of found their feet. There's not a lot of Premier League experience in that back line, but Allardyce has finally had a chance to work with them, marshal them, uh, spell out exactly what he wants from them on a weekly basis. That couple with the January signings have made a really, really big difference. Three clean sheets in four games is a great return, but their problems at the minute are at the other end of the pitch. That's where it's going to be, is can they get in by Diane, who has the highest goal expected goals average in the Premier League since he's signed, and he's only got one goal. Uh, it's all about getting him to to finally stick the ball in the net because he's getting himself in these positions. And there was a couple of times yesterday where you know there was a long throw in from Furlong and it was flicked on and Diane got the better of his man in the box and it goes over the bar. Phillips does exactly the same in the second half. You know, Debraff has kind of stood there waiting for the ball to, to go past him and it flies over the bar. So the problems at the moment are going to be goals. They've got Crystal Palace away next week. So it's a very much like Bruce and a reunion with Villa. It's a reunion with, with Roy Hodgson and a reunion for Sam with Palace as well. And then we've got this very, very strange um, like break. I'm not sure about you. Are you it's the Newcastle, forgive me. Newcastle's still in the FA Cup. We've got about three weeks in between because of the international uh, break. No, it's a, it's a long time since we were in the FA Cup, but way back in January. So, um, <laughs> so it's like three weeks, sad, isn't it, sadly. that you've got in between. So you've yeah, got, got this really, really big break that, that Allardyce has already said is really, really not very much used to us because we're a team that want to get a bit of momentum, very much like Newcastle. Yeah, and it's it's not like they can, you know, fly away to sort of Dubai for for a couple of weeks and have a warm weather, you know, training camp. They can't see Newcastle have done that under under Rafa Benitez. Uh, in previous seasons, they've gone over to Spain and they've they've had you know a good week to ten days out there and they have played a game, and you know I think it just lifts everybody when you can do that. Have that, but certainly the players and all the fans hate hate to see that when we're all freezing cold over here and the squad end up getting a sunshine break out of it. You know they they hate to see that, but it, it, for Rafa Benitez, it, it was actually on both occasions when they returned to England, they had a had a picked up a good couple of results and it just just refreshes everybody. So, but sadly, um, you know West Brom won't be able to do that. So, no. so it's uh, it's it's that that is going to be that is going to be the the crux for them really isn't it well, how how they sort of respond on the other side of that and uh, but as I say I, I do think you, you couldn't write them off completely because Big Sam is, is certainly capable of, of stringing a couple of results together and that's what he'll be looking for he'll be looking to get, get, get one of the teams above them within swinging distance and if he can do that then you know the jitters start coming in and that's what Newcastle actually need to avoid they need to, to get out of this before we start going into April um, back end of April May May is going to be a long month um, they need mm. to, to do it while the, the jitters aren't there because um, they, they fell foul of that before a couple of times of course it's not just all about Albion and Newcastle for them even now I mean Newcastle have it might not feel like much now at this moment in time for the fan base, but they have actually lifted themselves one position in the table this weekend. So that does at least even just outline that Brighton are down there very much in the, in the mix. With, you know, they are a team that Albion managed did manage to beat the other week. Uh, and you've got Burnley, who I mean, they got they managed to pick themselves up a point in rather bizarre circumstances this weekend. Don't know if you've seen Chris Wood's goal, but you know there are sides yeah. down there that you think to yourself. Until they get to 35, 36, 37 points, they're going to consistently be looking over their shoulder. And with 10 games to go, uh, you're right. I mean, from an LB perspective, you're probably saying we need we need to double our double our total. We need to go and get another 18 points, really. Newcastle, mm. what do you imagine they would need from here? 
Oh, I, I do honestly think, you know, 39 to 40 this year could be because I think last year, uh, I think it was 34 was enough. Well, I, I yeah. don't, I, I think that would be too low. So, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. They, they are probably going to have to double what they've got. Um, so they would have to put a, a decent run, but they've just got to give what I'm, what I'm trying to get across is they need to give themselves that platform to do it by getting those back-to-back wins because you know what it's like you you pick up six points in a week then it just changes the whole mood of everybody and and it can also work in the reverse to the teams above you so like Brighton at the moment they're in free fall and they will be seriously worried about you know Fulham's form at the moment Fulham look and they're under less pressure than you know because simply they got promoted last season, so they were always the odds were always stacked against them. Newcastle. This is their fourth season in, in the Premier League, so they they shouldn't be anywhere near this. Really, they should be, you know, up where you know uh, Wolves, Wolves, and Crystal Palace and teams like that. They should be beyond the thirty point mark at least now, and then they're not. They've they've got themselves in a mess. So it, it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see how how the next couple of games go. You know, honestly, we talked about that Fulham game on the way as we were driving our various ways down the motorway yesterday or up the motorway in your case. It didn't really even surprise me that Fulham were going to go and get a point, there, or a result there yesterday. It's just the way, and that's not even so much Liverpool, but Fulham actually, every time I've seen them recently, I've been really, really impressed. I think it must be that no pressure, that kind of, that, and that's something I think, I think Scott Parker is a very, very good young coach, isn't he? He's somebody that I think can go very far. and He's got a very, very talented squad of players. And there is a little bit of a case of, well, we've got nothing to lose here. Let's just, you know, give it our absolute best. Um, but they are catching teams out more often than not. And, you know, the the, the pattern of results that they've managed to, um, you know, accrue in the last two or three months is pretty remarkable, to be honest. Yeah, and I, I just think as well with, with Fulham and, you know, it's a, it's a great football club going down there, Craven Cottage, you know, it's, it's, it's so different to every other Premier League ground for me it's very it's very quaint uh, but then all of a sudden you see the passion you know coming out of the fans in, in front of that stand uh, where, the, where the press box is and you know it's they walk into the game with the financial times tucked under their arm but then you know it goes into football mode for 90 minutes and it's brilliant it's one of the best grounds to go to but I still think for all that there's, there's there's a bit less pressure about this. They're not nowhere near the biggest team in London. Um, you know, they're a yo-yo team. They're always coming up and down. They've had they've had success, um, you know, down the years. They've spent a bit of money, but really nobody, they're not going to be turning up at the ground, you know, protesting if they get relegated. It's not like sort of Newcastle where there will be, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot will be said and banners, banners get, you know, we've had banners outside the ground this season, even with no fans in, and obviously you, you don't condone that during the, the lockdown because we're all meant to be sticking to rules. But Newcastle fans um, have had enough of the the current ownership, basically, and you know it's time for a change. I think we all know that, so that adds to the pressure. And you know, it, it then if they get relegated, it's then down to um, you know poor leadership again off the field because it'll be the third time since two thousand and nine that they would go down. But then you flip that and you think of Fulham, if they go down, you know, it'll be what a great effort from mm. Scotty Parker and the boys. You know, it's uh, it's it's totally two two different scenarios altogether. The the lack of uh it felt to me and it was put to me, and, and I totally agree with it in the press box yesterday, was 
you know when you kind of back before the pandemic began and you used to have your your regular Super Sunday show in, might be a double header, and they would crowbar a championship game in at midday. It kind of had that little bit of a feeling to it, didn't it? I know it did, yeah. you know, if you had 30,000 yeah. fans in there yesterday with loads of away fans, it would have been a lot more, you know, exciting as a, as a, a I suppose, as a, an, in terms of atmosphere. And, um, but it felt like, I mean, the lack of goals, really, the, the lack of goal opportunities. We could talk here about Deanne and, and Pereira not firing and Philip Schur scored and, and Albion's. You know they've, they've given themselves a bit of a platform on which to build in terms of they've turned the defence around, they've got the midfield sorted. It's now just about can you stick the ball in the net? They've been competitive week on week. Newcastle's problem, I suppose, at the moment is more obvious in that they are missing their their best forward. That, that's that's kind of it. Until then, I mean, when when are you talking, Callum Wilson? Back? Are you talking Easter time? I think he could be back for the last eight or nine games, which would be. a a massive boost if after that international break he could be yeah. he could be in and around it now that's great let's hope that's true for, from a Newcastle point of view um, but even then even if he gets back they'd have the, the service has got to, to be better I mean Ryan Fraser actually delivered well I say delivered he, he produced 14 crosses yesterday and two of them only two of them got to where they needed to be I think one of them was from a corner which Kieran Clark had it over so they just need to get back to basics uh, It's uh, you know, I don't want to sound like a coach here or anything but you didn't see at any stage um, in the second half them getting down the, to the byline cutting the ball across the six yard box and then so you know give give Dwight Gale an opportunity you know give, him, give somebody an opportunity to just slide in and get a foot on the end of it it just didn't happen. In fact, the only time it did happen was Joe Linton in the first half. He mm. got down the right wing. Um, and then probably when you were back, when you were hoping he would have a shot, he cuts it across for Fraser and it got, I think one of the West Brom defenders got out for a corner. Uh, and, you know, we, Joe Linton probably doesn't know whether he's coming or going because he's, he's been, you know, he come in as this number nine then they said, can you play out wide again? So yesterday was probably, well, you told me to play out wide, so I'm trying to provide it for someone in the middle. But look, it was a, um, it was one way you probably needed to hit across the face of the goalkeeper and it probably would have opened the game up had it had it gone in. But uh, yeah, as a, I, we should be so lucky watching watching that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to finish on, we'll just kind of assess the final. How the situation is at the very, very bottom. Uh, I suppose it is probably realistically between... I mean, I've got to say, Sheffield United, that was a pretty, pretty big blow for them on Saturday. I've got to say, even as a West Brom fan, as a West Brom reporter, that that is probably them gone. Um, yeah. Which I seems a bit rich coming from me. But I think, I mean, it, it's well, always very, very godly. I was just, just going to say, to be fair, they should have they should have probably been gone weeks ago, really. I mean, Newcastle handed them a, a lifeline by being so bad down at Bramall Lane to give them their first win in January, yeah. and then as did we, we gave them a we gave them a lifeline as well. <laughs> oh, so so it's you know they, they they've had a helping hand, uh, but yeah, I think they're gone, and uh, after that, you know, as you say, West Brom are going to need some good form, and then is it is it down to three? Could we say it's a mini league of three now? You know, Brighton, Fulham, and Newcastle. I mean, yeah, it, my concern with that would be that after the game against Brighton last weekend and knowing that he had the Everton game and Sam was very, very vocal in 
he's voicing his disapproval that that event game had been rescheduled. I can understand that as well. And the Newcastle game was absolutely enormous for them. And you think to yourself, could we not have played that in April or, you know, yeah. before the international break? Uh, and um, they came through that and were, and were done, really. They played pretty well for the large part of the game and Everton showed a, just a bit more quality in the second half uh, and, and nicked the win. But the Newcastle game, you think to yourself, right, we've got to just go and win the game. And, that, and he said as much, it, it, it pretty much a must win. We have to go and win that game of football. My concern there is when you put such a label on a game like that, where do you go from there? Because if you don't win that match, it's, well, okay, yeah, on to the next one. We'll take it week by week. Can you go and beat Crystal Palace next week at Sellers? They've got Wilfred Zahar back. They were well beaten last night, but, you know, we all know what an impact he makes to them when they're playing against um, teams in and around them in the, in the league table. So that's a challenge in itself. If you can go and win at Sellers Park, I think after the international break, they've got teams like Southampton at home. They've got Wolves to come at home. They've got to go to Leeds. So they've got games they can probably against sides who are going to be safe, who are not going to be in Europe. You know, you think to yourself, well, we'll just, well, sides who you'd like to think will have their flip-flops on, you know, Leeds on the last game of the season in front of a few thousand fans would be nice. Um, Newcastle at home on the last game? Well, actually, we're, we're, um, we're away to Fulham. So okay. <laughs> that, could be, that could be all or nothing then. It could be it could be look all the TV companies will be praying that that is still a possibility and um, if it is then uh, yeah it's, I, I've already predicted that Newcastle would lose that game because uh, it's exactly the scenario where they um, where they fail big question then for, for you is the, I mean, I'm really from an Albion point of view I'm really really struggling at this moment in time largely because of the the the, the obvious points total that they're going to have to try and drag themselves up to. It's an enormous task and I personally would be having one eye on the championship already now. Uh, I suppose that's a small lesson in that they can almost prepare themselves a bit earlier. Big question is though, Luke, if you think that Newcastle are going to lose to Fulham, will they be safe by then? Well, what what I'm saying is, is if they end up in that scenario, I think they would lose to Fulham, which would be disastrous because they would go down. But I, I I, I just got this feeling they're going to scrape and scrape and scrape and avoid that scenario. That's what they're um, <clears throat> trying to do before the end of the season and uh, I hope they can do it. And then it's all kind of systems go for next season with fans returning, hopefully, and who knows, Albion, Newcastle, might be a Premier League team still in front of uh, thousands of supporters. That would be some achievement if both of these teams are, are still in the Premier League. You know, you've got three thousand fans going down to the Hawthorns. Uh, you know, I think everyone would be, everyone on this podcast would would be delighted with that. So, but that, it, there's a lot of, uh, there's still a lot of games to be played. It's an 11, 11 game season now, if you like, isn't it? And you've got to, if you win the majority of those eleven games, then you, you know, you, you're giving yourself every chance. Um, but we'll see. The fact that drags on till uh, till sort of late May as well. You know, if the weather starts yeah. getting better and things like that, it's you know. It's just there could be a few more twists and turns to come let's just put it that way yeah uh, yourself up at the Chronicle myself Birmingham Mail Birmingham Live will be covering it every step of the way as well Lee uh, thank you very very much for joining me this morning on the Football Digest and um, cheers Joe speak again soon cheers